some notes by Ray Steadman, and uh, we resent them last night. Uh, Velta did, and I want you to read them. And uh, uh, Velta was reading them, and she said, "Bill, she says you can't cover all this tomorrow." <laughs> I says, "I have no intention of covering that much tomorrow." In fact, I'm not sure, but we want to get through one verse. We'll see how how that goes. <clears throat> I need to say a disclaimer uh, first rattle out out of the box. Uh, Art and I are not Bible scholars. Uh, we enjoy the study of God's Word. We love to share what we've learned and we're the products of what we've been taught and what we've read. Uh, we basically meet, read from folks who are mainly in the conservative view of the scripture and that word conservative some people call it liberal <laughs> some people call it conservative but just understand that we're teaching from our perspective from where we've learned and where we've come from and we'll never teach you something or lead you into something that we know is false. Now there may be some interpretation there and and we Paul tells us that it's subject to interpretation. So that's that's where we are uh, this morning. All right, let's pick up with uh, Daniel chapter 9 where we were last week and let's begin in verse 4. Uh, <clears throat> Daniel was uh, reading the prophets, mainly Jeremiah, and he, he uh, was moved by the Lord to, uh, to pray. And in verse 4 he said, I prayed to the Lord God my, and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant and loving kindness for those who love Him and keep His commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, uh, acted wickedly and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophet, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Move now down to chapter, verse 18 of the same chapter, 9. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear Open your eyes and see the desolation and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merit of our own, but on account of your great compassion. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and take action. For because your own sake, Oh my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. This was written from where we are today almost 3,000 years ago. But before that, before that was written, about 450 years before that, First Kings. Let's look at what you have in front of you. I printed it so we'll all be on the same page. Uh, there. First Kings. 
Now it came about when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all that Solomon desired to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplications which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built by putting my name there forever. And my... And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked in the integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, uh, then I will establish a throne of your kingdom on Israel forever, just as I promised to your father David, saying you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel but if you or your sons indeed turn away from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you and go to serve other gods um, and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them and the house which I have consecrated for my name. I will cast out of my sight so Israel will become a proverb and a byword among the, all the peoples and this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone who passes by will be astonished and hiss and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to this house? And they will say, Because they forsook the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and adopted other gods and serve them. Therefore, the Lord has brought all this adversity on them. Verse 9 of chapter 11. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. And he commanded him concerning the, this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not observe what the Lord had commanded me. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and because you have not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servants. Skip down to 1 Kings 11.32 But he will have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel. Who wrote this, Bill? It's attributed. I don't know who wrote it. Okay. I don't know who wrote it. Anyway, <clears throat> so as we've studied in Isaiah, as Joshua prophesied when we were in Joshua, Art read it last week from Jeremiah. This, this came to pass. They forsook the Lord. And, and, and therefore, God said, you know, enough is enough. And he allowed Nebuchadnezzar to come to Jerusalem and take, uh, totally destroy it and, and take these uh, um, young men back to Babylon and Daniel was one of them and Daniel was a very <clears throat> a very special guy 
the Lord itself says, uh, uh, because he's highly esteemed. He, uh, the Lord used that term a couple of times that Daniel was highly esteemed. Here, we've talked about this. At the time Daniel wrote chapter 9, he was late 80s. Dr. Stedman said he's 90s maybe. We don't know. But he was an older man. And yet, he had been faithful through the years three times a day to pray. Uh, The morning sacrifice, the evening sacrifice, and at noon. And he had been faithful to do that before the Lord. But he's praying now specifically for the nation and for Jerusalem, his people. And as he was praying, let's pick it up in verse 20. Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and the sins of the people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was speaking a prayer, the man ain't Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision previously, came to my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. And he gave me instruction and talked and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight and understanding. There's a couple of things we need to talk about here. He was praying. And God interrupted his prayer. He interrupted by sending Gabriel. And he says, when you started praying, I was dispatched to you to tell you the rest of the story because he was pouring out his heart to the Lord. And he said here, he said, verse 19, For your own sake, O my God, do not delay because your city and your people which are called by your name. As Art pointed out last week, Daniel knew from reading uh, Jeremiah that the 70 years of captivity was closely coming to an end. And his prayer was, well, what's next, Lord? What's next? And so as he was praying, the Lord dispatched Gabriel. Now, does the Lord change He's changeless. People, when we pray, the Lord hears. He hears. He might not dispatch Gabriel to us, but He hears. And it's not next week. He hears then. He knows then what's going on. Bombarding prayers from heaven. This set of scripture that we read here was the theme of Franklin Graham's going across America and going to the 50 states a couple of years ago. We've sinned. Our nation has sinned. We have sinned. God forgive us. And that same thing is is valid today we have sinned but he interceded here by sending Gabriel now look at verse 20 confessing my sins the sins of the people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God 
and by half of the holy mountain of God. Some texts might read holy hill, but that is trans translated Jerusalem. If you go back to what what we just read in First Kings, God Himself said, He said, For the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel. Jerusalem. In recent days we've had a lot of talk about Jerusalem. And 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 we could say to ourselves, you know, what's the big deal about moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? It's a big deal because it's a big deal to the Jews. It establishes one more time that Jerusalem is the seat, the seat of everything. Now there's a lot going on in Jerusalem. We're going to talk about it next week and maybe the following week. We'll see how far I get. But <clears throat> Jerusalem is God's city. Israel are God's people. Okay. Now, the second page of what you just, I, I gave you there at the top, Daniel's prayer and Gabriel's answer is all about Israel. It's not about the church. It's not about anything but Israel. We've often said and preachers have preached and said that the end times are near and Israel is God's time clock. And that's the truth. You know, you watch Israel and you watch what God's doing to Israel and then you can see what's going on. Now we'll get into some other things in a minute. Well, let's stop right quick. If you've got your chart, you got your, your Daniel chart. If you do, look at, look at this right quick and you can see January, uh, Daniel chapter 9. And he said, Daniel's vision of the 70 weeks. Now we're going to get into this next week a whole lot deeper, but we'll just skirt it right now here to say <clears throat> uh, when you go on that line and you see Daniel's 69 weeks and you see the great interval and you see that little, that little narrow <laughs> line and you follow it all the way up to the top and it says the rapture the rapture <clears throat> we we don't know a lot of details in fact what I'm jumping off in now I don't know about it may not be right the bottom line is it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, the Lord's coming back we don't know when and we'll get into that later next week uh, or, or down the road but what, what, we're, what we're trying to say here that when the Lord was speaking to Daniel he says, he says my people Israel and your holy city Jerusalem your holy city Jerusalem okay now uh, let's look at <clears throat> verse uh, 23 and then we're going to verse 24 and that's as far as 
I even intend to go today if we can get that far. Uh, verse 23, At the beginning of your supplications, the command was issued. And I have come to tell you your highly esteemed. So give heed to the message and gave understanding of the vision. Because Daniel was perplexed about what he had what he had read and what I mean what he had seen in previous visions and and chapter ten tells us he had some problems, but he says, I'm gonna tell you uh, to gain understanding of the vision. Verse 24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Okay. Now, if you look at what I've got up there, 70 weeks, the BibleGateway.com, which is a very good reference, um, they have 51 English translations. Bible Gateway does. 51 English translations. And all but six say holy weeks. Uh, does anybody I've put in here the NASV, the ESV, the New King James, the King James, and the NIV. Does anybody have got anything other than that, those translations? Does anybody have any of those, anything else? Those all say 70 weeks. The NIV says 77s. <clears throat> when we pick up here in Dr. Dr. Um, um, Stedman said in the in the article uh, Art posted, he said 70 weeks of years. The weeks of years is only in six different translations um, that we can find are a deviation of that, 70 weeks of years. Um, so, so it's uh, 70 weeks. <laughs> We're 3,000 years from when, almost, when, when Daniel wrote this. And you could say a lot of water's gone under the bridge. A lot of scholars have thought and looked and have studied and this kind of thing. And they have come up with, and I give a little synopsis here. Let's go down a little bit. Israel thought in sevens. Seven days a week, every seventh year was a sabbatical, was a Sabbath rest. Seven sevens brought them to the year of Jubilee. Uh, and they were in Babylon for 70 years. So 70 and seven was a big deal. We found in Daniel 4 that seven periods of time was probably seven years. That's when Nebuchadnezzar uh, went crazy and and was out in the field with a bunch of like a bunch of cattle. He was in out there seven seven years. So most evangelical scholars say that this seventy weeks is seven times seventy. 
are 490 years. Now, I can't prove that to you. <laughs> not, not today anyway. And again, I'm telling you what I've been taught because this 70 weeks of years as, as in the Revised Standard Version which uh, Ray Stedman quotes up there is, is not the main thought. Most people say 70 weeks. Now, but the entire thought is that what happened in this prophecy could not have been done in 490 days. Uh, it could not have been done in 490 weeks. And through the years, they've come up with a timeline that's, that's 490 years. Okay. And we'll talk about this next week when we get in the, into the timeline itself. But right now, let's take it for what it's worth that the rest of this particular verse is. Uh, look at what I've said here. At the end of those 490 years, the following six things will be completed. Now you see my little stars out there? That that's, goes back to Dr. Pentecost. Uh, that's, he's with the Lord now, but he wrote uh, this Bible commentary that I've been following. Um, and and let me let me say that right quick. In fact, let me let me dive, let me go a little bit. Let me go off in a tangent. <laughs> this is Velter's Bible from 1959. Uh, it's a Schofield reference Bible. Anybody ever had one? Does anybody still got one? I mean, do you bring it? No. You, you don't. You don't bring it today. This mine's worn out. You've got one here now, Brenda. Right here, You're behind the post, and I can't see. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Doctor Schofield. Doctor Schofield wrote. This before World War One, the first edition was in 1909. This edition is 1917, which is now public domain. It was one of the very first Bibles to come out with commentary along with Scripture. Commentary with Scripture. One of the first Bibles to come out. Now, I've been influenced by this Bible. Amen. <laughs> Dallas Theological has been influenced by this Bible. There, we we are products of where we've been coming from. Now that's what I'm trying to say. That that through the years, what we've learned, we brought forward, and that's what I'm teaching. And I and I'm I'm teaching what I think is correct. Now let's fast forward a little bit. I did a little background to this. Um, Dr. Schofield was born in 1848. Clarence Larkin was born in 1850. Schofield died in 1900. 
1921. Larkin died in 1924. This chart was was written according to his note in 1916. Was Dr. Larkin influenced by Schofield? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. What research I've done was that they were both influenced by somebody else. But they used, they used this idea of 490 weeks. So fast forward, here's where we are, you know. And to put, to answer our questions. Now, the Greeks thought, you know, that we had to have an answer for everything. We had to come to a conclusion. The Jews didn't think that way. The Jews says, you know, God is sovereign and man is a free will. And that didn't bother the Jews, but the Greeks wanted to bend the road to make them all to come together. And we want to put things in nice little boxes where we can understand. 490 years come to a conclusion. It may be right, it may not be right. But we'll see how God is moved and how Jesus was important in everything that Daniel prophesied according to what we know today. Okay? Alright, we'll leave, we'll skip back to scripture. That was that was just a side thing that I I chased a rabbit on half a day on that. But anyway. Alright. Number one, to finish the transgression. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish the transgression. Somebody turn to Daniel, excuse me, to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 and read the first three verses of Hebrews 10. verse 2 because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins okay to finish the transgression he said Israel's sin and disobedience will come to an end now the day of atonement that we find in in Leviticus 16 was a high day that where the high priest would offer the sins, uh, sacrifice for the sins of the people. But they did it every year. And they had the scapegoat, put their hands on the scapegoat, lead the scapegoat out in the wilderness, you know, taking the sin away from the camp. As Judah just read, it says, it couldn't, it couldn't cleanse 
the conscience of sin. The devil has two trump cards for us. Two. Fear. You know, he says fear and guilt. You remember what you did. If it's under the blood, it's under the blood. And we need to stand up to him and say, Satan, I confess that. It's under the blood of Jesus. And you get behind me. But that's easier said than done. We, the old Negro spiritual that we sing, take our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. We take our burdens to the Lord and pick them up and bring them back home. And go all over again. So Israel's sin and disobedience will be coming to an end. That's what, that's what the first thing Gabriel told Daniel. That the, the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, there was a finish to the transgression. Finish. The next one he said, and to make an end of sin. Christ's coming will remove Israel's sin. Now when we talk about Christ's coming here, we're not talking about the rapture of the church. We're talking about him from to coming back once and for all. Once and for all. Some, somebody read Romans 11, <clears throat> uh, 25 through 27. go back to Dr. Larkin's chart <clears throat> he's got up here at the top the time of the Gentiles and he has it from from the beginning of the Babylonian exile, exile to the Lord's second coming not the rapture but the second coming this is the time of the Gentiles and so what Paul has said here he said I don't want you to be uninformed, but there is a mystery. He says there's been a partial hardening has happened in Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And so all Israel will be saved just as it is written. Now, I can't go any further with that. Ezekiel is another study and we'll say a little bit about Ezekiel in a minute and he's talking about the, the millennium when, when Ezekiel talks a lot and uh, there but the Lord has yet to deal with Israel they were his people from the beginning we've talked about that when you get the glory you can ask the Lord why he chose the Jews I have no idea but he did and they're his people, they're precious to him, and what happens to them is important, is important. From a political situation, and where we live today, it's important how we treat Israel, because 
They're God's people. They're God's people. And this is all about, this is all about uh, Israel at this point. Okay. Number three, to make atonement for iniquity. <clears throat> Israel's day of atonement should be kept in view. On that day, God provided a just basis on which he would deal with his guilty people just as the blood applied to the mercy seat over the Ark of the Covenant enabled him to dwell among sinful people, Daniel's prophecy promised because of Christ's blood on the cross and atonement was made for sinners and more particular, Israel. We'll talk about this next week. Uh, but there came a time in history and we talk about it, you know, at the crucifixion uh, that when uh, they said, let me give you Barabbas. And it says, no, crucify Jesus. And Pilate said, this man hadn't done anything that I can see. He says, let his blood be on us and on our children. And God said, okay. Okay. We'll talk more about that next week. We'll see. How much time have I got? Oh, me. <laughs> well, we'll we'll pick up on number four next week and then we'll we'll go on into I've I've got a time working on a timeline for you that will be similar what to what Dr. Larkin's got and we'll 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 go from there. Real quickly, any questions? Good, because I'm not sure I can answer them. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll see. It might be good if at the end of Daniel, we just have a, a week where we do nothing but questions. That's good. Okay. Uh, so write them down. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> write them down. You know, we we we've talked about it. We we've, we've gone from the time in Daniel where he was he was, you know, the beautiful stories we read our children about God's sovereignty. Uh, you know, the three Hebrew children in the furnace uh, and uh, Daniel in the lion's den and, and Daniel making his up his mind not to to, uh, to to eat from the king's table and those stories but now uh, we're getting into some deep stuff and because he was highly esteemed God told Gabriel I'm going to show you something now next the next chapter, chapter 10, which we'll get into maybe next week, we'll see. Verse 14, I have come to give you an understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision pertains to days yet future. So, uh, through the years, uh, scholars have put together this timeline um, it's the best we have to offer and and there's not a lot of disagreement with it now there's some dis there's some disagreement with Schofield you know anybody that does anything is going to be disagreed with and but I I did a little search and there was a guy says that Schofield's got uh, in his Bible he's got 39 mistakes 
<laughs> so be it. 39 mistakes. So there's there's always something, but let, no, darling, you ain't gonna be your Bible. But but the Word of God is true. You read it, and and you ask the Lord for understanding, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Yes. I asked Google who wrote the book of Kings. What did he say? They didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They attributed it to Jeremiah. Yeah, really? Okay, Vulture said they attributed it to Jeremiah or something. I don't know. All right. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you that we have the Word of God in our hands and we can hold it, we can read it, we can study it, and yet we can put it on the shelf and forget about it. Father, forgive us of that. Bring it, make it fresh to us. Give us understanding for what we've, what we've read. Now be with us as we go into further service. Be with our, our speaker today and just give him unction and anointing and let him preach what you'd have us to hear. And we, we hear with our hearts and, and obey what we hear. So go with us. Be with every song that's sung, every prayer that's prayed. And when we leave here today, we can say it's been good to be in God's house. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.